Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. Welcome if you are new and a first-time listener, and also welcome if you are a long-time listener. I'm just so happy to have you here every single week with me. I am really excited for Christmas. It took me a while to get into the Christmas spirit and to kind of feel like I was even close to ready for the season, but it's happened. I'm here. I'm excited and I hope you're excited too. I hope you have some good things planned. Today we're actually going to be talking all about how you can serve baby-led weaning friendly foods to your baby during the holidays. You know, at holiday get-togethers, there's going to be so many different types of foods out there that maybe, I mean, likely you don't have on a regular basis and you may be wondering which of these foods is safe for my baby to eat both from a nutritional perspective from a choking hazards perspective how would I serve them to my baby what do I need to prepare for do I need to bring anything extra and that's what we're going to be covering today I know that this is probably something that if especially if you're just starting solids with your baby you're probably extra extra excited to have them partake in a family meal for the very first time like with extended family maybe and just like join in on holiday traditions so let's Let's give you all of the good information that you need to know to do this safely. Okay, so the very first thing is, let's start with the staple food, which is turkey. That is pretty much what's gonna be almost at every, at least in North America, every dinner table out there during the holidays. So meat like turkey is actually one of the best options for your baby because first of all, it's so high in iron and that is a huge thing for babies. It's so important for them to get in high iron foods at least twice a day, if not every single meal. And so turkey's perfect for that, especially the red meat, which is going to be even higher in iron than the white meat. The other good thing about the red meat is that it is also more moist and more juicy and a little bit more tender, which is you know gonna be safer for your baby to eat and to chew and swallow compared to the white meat. It's not that you can't offer white meat to your baby, but you have to really make sure it's not overdone, it's not dry. So it's probably a safer bet, especially if they're a newer eater to go with the red meat. I, you know what, I just realized, I always call it red meat, it's actually dark meat. My husband makes fun of me, I don't know if it's because I'm Lebanese and it's a foreign thing, or like, I feel like, oh, I don't even know. Where do I get red meat from? I don't know, but there we go. Dark meat is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about more moist meat and higher iron. Okay, now that we've established that, let's talk about the brine on a turkey and the salt content on turkey. Obviously, it's not going to be ideal for your baby to have, you know, any turkey or any food that's going to be high in salt. And pretty much every turkey that is out there that says seasoned on it, if you're buying it in the grocery store and it says seasoned, and just look really closely at the labels front and back. 
you're going to find that that's going to mean it's brined. And that means that it's been sitting in a salty solution in order to tenderize it and give it some flavor. But that's not really the most ideal for your baby. That being said, I will say that you know, one meal with some salty brine on turkey is not going to really affect them overall in their health. So don't stress, it is one meal. And also the likelihood that they're getting in tons and tons of this, uh, an amount of, of the salty brine is really, really, really low. So don't stress about it. Just kind of something to think about if you are making your own, let's say, could you choose one that isn't already brined or seasoned, you know, before? And then you can just kind of do like a a spice rub, an herb rub all over the turkey, add lots of butter so that, you know, it's moist and everything, but you can do that without doing the salt. Okay, so that's that. And the other thing with serving turkey is definitely remove the skin off of your baby's portion if you're giving it to your baby, whether you eat it or not, just always remove it for baby because it is a choking hazard. And also, you know, you are going to find that is where most of the salt will sit if it was brined, right? Or if there was salt added, that's where it's going to be. So remove that, you're going to reduce the salt and totally eliminate a choking hazard there. Okay, so when you serve the turkey to your baby, there's a few different ways you can do it. You could just take, you know, long pieces, just kind of pull off large, large pieces of the turkey. Bigger is often better when they're new eaters, believe it or not, just because it's so much easier for them to hold and they can gnaw on it. And it generally will kind of like stay in place a lot better than if you have like these smaller, tinier or thinner pieces. Um, But when you pull it apart, one of the tips I have is to kind of pull along the grain Again, not make or break, don't worry if it's not like this, but it's often just easier for it to break apart in your baby's mouth into longer pieces than if it's the other way. Like if it's kind of going against the grain, it's just a little bit more difficult, but really it's not the end of the world. The other way that you can serve turkey to your baby is by offering them a full drumstick, which might sound crazy to anybody who has not heard me talk about this before, but drumsticks are actually, whether it be chicken, whether it be turkey, they're actually really, really great ways for babies to be able to hold on to something really big that's easy for them to put in their hands and just gnaw on it and and work their way around it without it actually being a choking hazard, despite many people's fears when I first say this. If you think about the bone of a turkey leg, or sorry, a turkey drumstick, it is so big. There is no way your baby is choking on that. Like you couldn't fit in your mouth, couldn't fit in your throat. So don't worry about it. It is not a choking hazard. There is a way that I want you to kind of safely prepare it when, you know, before passing it off to your baby. And that simply means removing the skin. Again, as I mentioned before, removing any kind of pieces of cartilage that are rubbery or um, like sometimes there's a cartilage cap on the end of the drumstick. You can remove that. And there is this pointy little tiny pointy skinny bone that is found like inside under the meat on the turkey drumstick. I have a way that you can remove that. I actually just posted an Instagram reel about this last week. So check that out. It just shows you exactly how to do that. It's also inside of my baby led feeding online course where I I show you exactly how to prepare all different types of foods, including drumsticks for your baby um, with video so you can see it in action and just make sure you're doing it safely. And honestly, even if your baby doesn't take in a lot of the meat, like actually chew and like pull off meat and swallow it, that's fine. They can suck all the juices out of the meat, which is a really high iron source. So that's great. They're getting their iron in. You don't have to worry about them choking on anything. It is totally like distracting and mesmerizing for them so they can stay, you know, working on that one piece of food even for the entire meal and you don't have to worry about it. 
Okay, let's move on to the next food and that is ham. So this is often served at holiday meals as well. Basically, if you have an uncured freshly cooked ham, that's also a good option for your baby. It's high iron in the same way that turkey would be. Um, So it's a good feeding choice. However, be careful because most, again, I this time I'm going to probably say 95% of the hams are like cured, again, prepared in a brine so that they're going to be salty or they're smoked. And that means it could have some added chemicals like nitrates or nitrites in there. So you're just going to have to like look and kind of see, can you find anything maybe locally, especially that is uncured or that is not smoked. Now, if you, again, this it's probably going to be hard to do. So if you wanted to give your baby still one that was cured or was smoked one time, not the end of the world. I just really want to stress that. It's not like you're offering this as a regular meal option for your baby. It's not even like they're getting it once a month, right? It's like once a year. So don't worry about it. If you have a plain piece of ham, then you could basically serve it in a long finger shape if you want. Again, make sure it's nice and tender, um, not too dry. But if you're a little worried about that or if maybe your baby's newer and is a little bit more inexperienced with meat, then you can slice it really, really thinly and then, again, do like a finger shape that way. So don't go with like something thicker. Like don't carve it in a thick way, if you know what I mean. Like almost shave the ham into thinner pieces and then you can give them pieces like that. If you have a baby who does have their of course you can dice it or like again cut it thinly then cut it into smaller pieces maybe one inch or less in size and then they could pick it up with their index finger and thumb so that is ham um the other thing though that i really want to mention about that is you've got to be careful about the glaze on ham because most recipes include honey in their glaze and we want to avoid honey Um, for all babies under one year of age because of the risk of developing or contracting infant botulism. So it's a small risk, but it's not good if it happens. So definitely check, ask about the ingredients in a glaze. If somebody else is making it, make sure that they're not getting it if there is honey in there. So that is what I want to say about that one. There's also often a lot of sugar in the glaze as well. So just, you know, maybe you can modify even a recipe if you are making it at home. For, okay, gravy, let's talk about that. Gravy and other sauces. Okay, these are really good ways to keep your baby's meat moist. And so I typically do recommend adding sauces or adding gravies to increase, like I said, um, moisture, but also the palatability of the meat for your baby. But once again, I'm sure you can guess, a lot of times gravy's packaged or it's just made with high amounts of salt. So basically, homemade gravy options are going to be the best bet for sure. So what I would do is, again, if somebody else is making this, I would just ask, you know, can you set aside some gravy for my baby before any salt is added to it? Or better yet, you might even just want to request that you have some turkey dripping set aside so that you could just add that right on top of the meat and then you can heat it up and it's nice and moist and it really provides a nice high fat option, which is really good and healthy for your baby. So even if that's not how you like to eat it, it's okay for your baby. Um, You know, you don't have to add in all the spices and, and butter and whatever else. Like you could just have the turkey drippings. So that is perfectly fine and a great solution if you don't have a homemade gravy that you can offer them the next thing I would say is probably you know that would be there at most holiday dinners would be potatoes which is such such a great food for baby led weaning so whether that be mashed potatoes whether that be roasted potatoes um doesn't really matter they're all good ways for your baby to kind of dig their fingers right into them and explore and eat 
it's uh, very safe for them. You could take, let's say, mashed potatoes and serve it on a preloaded spoon, like the Num Num utensil. I have those in my Amazon shop if you're interested in, in the utensils that I love. Those are very easy to just kind of dip right in. Your baby can do it or you can do it, and you kind of pull it out of the pureed or thick mixture, and it'll just stick right on the spoon and uh, doesn't fall off. So it's easier for a new eater to eat that way with the utensil. I will say don't be afraid of any strong flavors or spices that might be in uh, maybe a mashed potato or roasted like garlic, let's say, or seasonings if there's like dill, rosemary, thyme, sage, whatever. Don't worry about that. That's excellent, actually. It adds to the flavor experience that your baby's getting, which actually helps prevent picky eating and, you know, improve their palate. And also, again, just makes it, it's like there's no danger to that. So please go ahead. Don't be afraid of the spices. I will say that if you have mashed potatoes with little bits of potato skins mixed in, which is sometimes uh, a thing, you know, if you make it like that, that's just something to be careful of. So I would remove those pieces to avoid that being a choking hazard. But outside of that, potatoes are are great. Um, if you do have, let's say, roasted potatoes, they're nice and, and they're moist and it has like a thin, thin little bit of skin on it, that's okay. I just find that potato skins and mashed potatoes often dry out or they like kind of get in clumps. So I don't know. I I feel more comfortable removing them that way. It it all depends on the recipe and how it's made, and you can kind of make that call. Okay, next thing, vegetables. Vegetables are, like most people would think, perfectly fine to offer to your baby at a holiday dinner. As long as they're cooked really well, like they're roasted or steamed to the point that they're, you know, softened up enough that your baby can gum on it. So you can do that squish test that I always talk about. So you just take a piece of food, you would just take your thumb and forefinger and just squish down on it. And if you, you know, apply some hard pressure, don't be shy about it because your baby's gums are actually way stronger than the pressure that's between your thumb and forefinger. But you know that if you can apply pressure and you kind of like squeeze down on that and you kind of move it around and you can squish that, that's a safe texture for your baby, generally speaking. So with vegetables like sweet potatoes, broccoli, parsnips, carrots, whatever, just make sure they're cooked to that point and offer that to your baby. It's a wonderful option. If you have green beans, which is very popular around the holidays um, and in many holiday dishes, green beans are going to be hard for your baby to actually you know, chew and break down and ingest, but they're still very good options for them to just, you know, mouth, like put in their mouth, move it around, again, get that oral kind of exploration going and, you know, figure out the borders of their mouth. Like there's a lot of positive skills that come out of just being able to take a long object like like that or a long food. And again, they're still getting the flavor. So you can offer them the green bean. Don't worry about it being a choking hazard. Really the only thing that I would say that I would want you to avoid when it comes to vegetables is if it's raw. So like, let's say there's a veggie tray, a veggie platter there, and there's sliced peppers or cucumbers, tomatoes. Don't offer, well, tomatoes, if you quarter them, you can do that. But other than that, don't offer raw veggies that's going to be a choking hazard for your baby. And then I would say, again, just be cognizant, be very mindful, ask about any glazes that could contain honey. So let's say there's a cooked Brussels sprouts or a cooked carrot dish. Um, like oftentimes there's like a maple and honey at least Canadians, <laughs> we love our maple, right? We might have a dish that has a honey glaze on it, maybe brown sugar and honey glaze, something like that. Just make sure you're not offering the honey to your baby. So ask about that. Okay, the next thing is the well-loved cranberry sauce. I love cranberry sauce. It is like my favorite thing to look forward to at holiday meals and holiday dinners. 
Cranberry sauce is actually a great way, again, to add that moisture to your baby's meat, to maybe even add sweetness to the meal. So it's, again, kind of giving a a new flavor palette. I would definitely avoid canned cranberry sauce just for the fact that it contains really highly concentrated amounts of added sugar. Again, at the end of the day, a little dab is not gonna be the end of the world, but you don't have to make it a big part of your baby's meal, right? You don't have to put a lot on, maybe a little dab just to kind of give them that flavor exposure. But what you can do if you wanna offer them more, you wanna really introduce it to them, make a homemade version. It is so, so easy. I actually have a recipe for my favorite low sugar cranberry sauce that I'm gonna include in the link in the show notes for you. It's so easy, there's like, two, three ingredients and low sugar. And honestly, I eat it for myself. Like I love it. I make two versions of cranberry sauces because my husband actually does not like the lower sugar version, but we all love it. So try it out. It's just, yeah, I would definitely go with that if you're going to be offering cranberry sauce to your baby. Okay. Next one is bread stuffing. Okay, so homemade bread stuffing, it honestly is, again, a great choice. It packs lots of the those holiday flavors in it. It's great for your baby to explore. It's soft bread. Usually it's not gummy because it's baked, right? So I'll just kind of back up there. So if you have fresh bread that's untoasted, oftentimes it's really gummy. Like if you were to squish that between the palm of your hand, it gums up in a ball, and that could be a choking hazard for your baby because it's hard to work in the mouth, right? So what I always recommend is toasting the bread or crisping it up, you know, putting it in the oven or um, whatever, because that's going to add a little bit more of a texture to it, a little bit of a drier texture, which is actually okay, because then you can, you know, have some topping on it that adds a little bit of moisture to counteract it. But it's not gonna, it's gonna lose that gummy texture, if you know what I mean. It's gonna lose that choking hazard risk factor. So with bread stuffing, because you have fresh, well, actually it's usually day old bread, and then you know, you're know you putting it in the oven with your other ingredients, that crisps it up. And yes, there's moisture in that, but there, it's just a little bit different. So I would, I mean, watch your baby closely for sure, but I think it's safe and, and a great option to offer to your baby. Just maybe offer a little bit at a time so that you're avoiding any overstuffing. Um, and maybe like, again, watch to see, are they having a difficulty maneuvering the bread around in their mouth? Generally speaking though, should be uh, a, a great option for your baby. Okay, now let's move on to cheese or charcuterie boards. I am the queen of charcuterie boards. I love making them for all our events. And if you also encounter that at a holiday dinner, I want you to know that it's okay to offer your baby some cheese, including soft cheese, like goat cheese or blue cheese. I mean, technically, as long as they're all pasteurized, but if you're buying it from a grocery store, that's it's not like a local product or anything. Any big major brand, it's gonna all be pasteurized anyway, so don't worry so much about that. You can also pick off a larger piece of cheese off of the board, like let's say a piece of cheddar or something like that and offer it to your baby. Just be careful because sometimes like let's say hard cheddar, especially the way it might be cut on a board would be a choking hazard. So you could shred that cheese up for your baby so that it's in smaller kind of more meltable pieces or serve these like kind of ruler thin pieces, like very, very thin ones. So you might need a knife, you know, to kind of just modify it quickly before offering it to your baby. But don't offer chunks of cheese like 
cubes of cheese. That is definitely a choking hazard. So that's what I wanna say about that. Let's say you have olives on that charcuterie board. Again, yes, they are high in salt, but there's also a lot of healthy fats in olives and I don't think you have to avoid salt at all costs. So this is not something they're having every day. You can quarter some olives and you can give that to your baby. Let, let that be a great food pairing, you know, to go with the cheese. You can have a little foodie at six and seven months of age. Like, oh my gosh, what a cool thing it would be to be like, yeah, look at my baby eating olives and cheese like a, like a boss. So um, that's cool. And then you can also, I mean, you'll also find like on a, a charcuterie board, like a lot of processed meats, obviously the charcuterie part. But I will say prosciutto is going to be the one that wouldn't have any additional nitrates, but it's so, so high in salt. Honestly, I think I just avoid all meats on the board. They're not the best choice. And yeah, you've got tons of other options to work from. Just avoid the processed meats altogether. All right, what do we have left? Let's talk about desserts really quick as the last thing. You know, we've got pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, apple pie, all the pies, right? (laughs) All the fruitcake. Those are all staples at holiday desserts, whether it be Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. Here's the thing. We're all obsessed with it. We all look forward to it, but your baby doesn't know that they're there. They don't know what they taste like. And so because it contains so much added sugar, honestly, I would just avoid it. Like they're not going to be yearning for a taste. They don't know what they're missing. So I would, yeah, not really offer the desserts. But that being said, sometimes, you know, the grandma wants to get a picture or just experience them, you know, your baby having like their first taste of sweet foods or whatever. Again, a small amount, no big deal. Don't stress. Okay. But if you can avoid it, I mean, yeah, go for it because they're not going to know or care. The choice is always up to you. Just never let anyone make you feel like you should question yourself with whatever you decide. Remember, this is a once or twice a year event. So just put things into perspective. Okay. Now to kind of, I just want to recap. Well, not even recap. I want to just make sure I give you some key points, really quick points to keep in mind, no matter what foods you're feeding your baby over the holidays, really keep in mind these next few tips, okay? One is I want you to avoid offering your baby food, like let's say finger food and starting them on solids for the very first time, like the very first meal at a large family event. So things like Christmas and Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner, I would not make that your baby's first meal experience. The reason being is because your baby has no idea what this experience is even gonna be. It's often like very awkward. You have tons of people watching. They're often very close, hovering around baby. There's tons of distractions. People are talking and music and kids are screaming and like whatever. So this isn't a time where your baby should be overstimulated. We want them to have some peace, some quiet, some concentration. It's going to also make for a safer feeding experience. So I would practice with them a couple weeks before the big holiday meal so that your baby knows at least what to expect when you put them in the high chair. And, you know, hopefully it's not so overwhelming for them. You may find that they don't want to eat at all because of the distractions and the noise and the kerfuffle. So that's okay. No big deal. For one day, just remove them from the high chair, give them their milk and be on their way, like be on your way. You don't have to worry, even if you're getting pressure from family members to, oh my God, feed them this, feed them this. I want to see them eat. Like 
they don't feel like eating right now, no big deal, move on. But yeah, that's my advice there. And I think it's always helpful to prep your family and friends. So let them know, hey, listen, my baby is self-feeding. So we're talking about baby-led weaning babies here. So they're eating finger foods. Please don't be alarmed (laughs) when you see this happen. And please don't intervene in the process. We don't ever want to let a family member try and feed your baby a piece of finger food by actually like putting it in their mouth directly. You can have them offer it to them, put it in their hand or on the tray, but not directly in their mouth because that would increase the risk of choking. So you could just explain, you know, I've done my research, you know, hopefully you've taken my online course and, you know, it's safest when my baby does it themselves. So let them know. You can also prep them that like, hey, gagging is going to be expected. That's okay. It's not the same as choking, you know, kind of give them the lowdown a little bit before so they're not freaking out, asking a million questions, trying to stop you at this family dinner. So if you would like some tips on how to approach conversations with family members who are making unwanted comments, especially at the holidays. I actually have a blog and actually last week, was it last week? No, two weeks ago, I put out a podcast episode on this topic as well. So check it out, whether you like to read it via blog or listen to it via podcast, then I've got both of those. I'll link them for you in the show notes. Okay. The next tip for you is to bring some simple supplies that you might need just to make feeding a little bit easier if you're eating at somebody else's home. So my suggestion would be a portable high chair. So you could do something like the tot seat portable high chair. You could do like an actual high chair that's really lightweight that you can just kind of pack up and go with it. Like so for example, the Ikea high chairs. It's pretty easy to travel with, but I think even better than that would be the Inglazina fast table chair. It just kind of clips on to like a counter or a table if you're out and about. You could do like a travel harness seat. You kind of sit your baby in any chair and then you put this harness on them that holds them up attaches them to the chair. Um, There's a few different options. You can also just sit your baby in your lap. That's totally fine, but kind of, or maybe even in someone else's lap because you want them to be facing you for safe feeding so that you could see in case they do choke, God forbid, because it's a silent event, you wanna be able to actually see their face. So have them face you either in your lap or in somebody else's lap and then you can feed them. But just make sure they're upright as they're eating, again, to decrease the risk of choking. So that's all good. And then what I would also bring is like, a, like I said before, a pre-spoon, like the Num Num Gutensil. I would bring a long sleeve bib, especially if they're dressed really cute for the holidays or for pictures. Bring the Bibidoo bib. It is my favorite bib, hands down, and it covers everything from like their neck to their full arm to not just like, you know, their their torso, but then it covers the gap between their body and then the high chair tray so that any food doesn't fall on the floor unless they're like flinging it over the side of the high chair. It's not gonna be falling like in between their legs or anything like that on their clothes. I love Love that. And I actually have a discount code for you. You can use code MYLITTLEEATER to get 10% off of your order. Or if you wanted to buy two items, you can use code MLEBOGO and you'll get 50% off one of the two items. So I will include a link for that in the show notes. I would also bring a cup for drinking. Open cup drinking is something that you can start at six months of age. I have a blog post on that. It's um, not something that you have to be doing, especially for the first time at a big family meal, but it's often helpful to kind of clear the food in between bites right in their mouth especially if they need a little help kind of getting down a harder to chew food 
you know, offer them water from an open cup, but you can give them like a small one that's easy for them to actually take sips out of. I love the easy peasy ones. I like the easy tots. I like bumpkins. They all have really great ones. I also really like the easy peasy portable placemat. It's like the smaller placemat that is a suction one that has, and I call it a placemat, but it's not even, it's like a, it's like a food plate that suctions, but it, it's small so it can fit on so many different types of high chairs. You can also just put it directly on a countertop or table. And they have these lids that also go with them so you can use them. It's so good for travel. You basically just kind of cover it up. Like let's say you have leftovers or you have that you want to pack for your baby or you have, you know, a half eaten meal from your baby and you want to take the rest back home. You just put the silicone lid on top of it and then it protects it and you can just pop it in the fridge when you get home and it's, it's good to go. So anyway, I love that. All of these options, all of these, my favorite feeding products, they're all in my Amazon shop, most of them anyway. If not, I'm going to include a link for them separately, like the Bibidoo bibs in the show notes. Okay. So Basically, check out my Amazon shops for most and even for the portable high chair options, like everything is in there. Of course, all of them are optional, but I do think they make it easier for, you know, setting your baby up for a comfortable and safe meal when you're at somebody else's house. Okay, the last thing is keep your expectations low. So remember your baby's milk, their sleep, their eating schedule, whatever. It may not work and perfectly coincide with your family's holiday eating schedule and their dinner time schedule. So, you know, most of the time dinners are late and your baby's not going to be hungry probably when everybody else is finally ready to eat. So avoid holding off on their feeding schedule or really modifying it greatly in order to make it work for the rest of the family. That's not what's important. If you need to feed your baby before everyone else, please go for it. Go on your baby's schedule. However, if your baby, let's say, is awake during mealtime, even though they might not be hungry, it's it's nice, you know, to pull up a high chair nice and close up to the dinner table and let them be included in the meal. So even if they don't want to eat, that's totally fine. Never, ever pressure them. But maybe just have them sit right next to you so they can feel like they're part of it. You can feel like they're part of it. And it's just enjoyable. You can even offer them like a teether or um, their spoon just to play with and gum on while everybody else eats. So they're happy, you're happy. So that's it. I mean, I hope that you found this episode helpful and all the tips to be helpful. Um, If you did, please leave me a review. Let me know your thoughts, just even a one-liner, a five-star review. It means so, so much to me, I am telling you, and it goes such a long way to helping to spread this podcast out to others. So enjoy your holiday meals. Have fun with letting your baby partake in their first of hopefully many celebrations with you, and have a great holiday. Bye. Bye.